Today's reading is 1 Peter 2, 13 through 25. First Peter 2, starting in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters, with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." It would help if I turn it on. This morning on the way here, I was thinking about the message that I would be sharing with you that is a message that God has given us from his word. And this passage starts with, in verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. So there's a, a, an organization called Uh, the government of the state of Wisconsin, and each municipality has a government. All these governments have authority over certain things. And as I was driving here, at least 15 times I had to submit 
Now, sometimes it didn't make any sense to submit. I had a red light. There was no traffic coming either way. I don't know who made the rule that said you always have to stop at a red light, but I submitted. I jokingly sometimes tell my wife when I miss a stop sign that you don't have to obey the ones with the white border. <laughs> They all have white borders. Okay, so that's, a, that's just my excuse for not being an observant driver. We submit all the time. Well, we should submit all the time according to the instructions that we have in God's Word. Uh, before we dive into this, I would like for us to pray that the Spirit would be the one doing the work. So let's pray. Father, we come before you thankful for your Word. Your Word is truth. Uh, your Word guides us. Uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us into the truth and helps us to understand it. Help us to rightly divide it. Help us not to say anything that you would not say if you were here present yourself. Help us to illustrate in a way that's helpful. Help us to give application, even if it's painful. And help our hearts, each one of us, mine included, to be receptive to what your Spirit teaches us. Uh, we want your commands, and we uh, love your promises. Help us to be disciples of Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So th the main idea for this morning's message is that uh, gospel freedom produces submissive servants. So the question I have to ask is, uh, is submission normal? Do we expect submission? Well, we do actually expect it. We expect uh, children to submit to their parents and the rules of the household. We, that's normal. Um, if we have a, a dog, we expect it to submit. Cats, eh, that's a different story. Cats can make up their own minds, apparently. When I was in the Navy, little boats always submit to big boats. Well, we didn't call them boats. They were ships. So our ship was small, and so if the Enterprise, which is a huge aircraft carrier, was going, we just got out of the way. I mean, it was a practical thing, too. We would just be plowed under by the Enterprise. But it's a practical thing because the, the Enterprise can't turn as fast as a destroyer escort. So we submit. Um, when we are on the road and we hear sirens, Um, what we should be doing is looking around so that we can submit to the emergency vehicle. That happened to me yesterday. There was an ambulance coming. And I could have thought, well, there's probably no really life-threatening injury on that ambulance. I don't have to submit. That's, that's wrongful thinking, right? We just anticipate and expect submission. Um, we actually, though, have a second question that we need to consider, and that is, is submission a good thing or a bad thing in life? Now, Most of us would say, well, absolutely, that's a good thing for everybody else. Okay? You folks should be submitting. But I get a little more leniency okay, than you do. In other words, we actually like it better when others submit, but we're willing to give ourselves a pass on the submission thing. That's not as strongly held for us. <laughs> And then finally, what happens when we fail to submit? Um, if you refuse to submit, there, there are going to be consequences. So we're going to go through some slides very, very quickly, that, pictures that I thought would help us to understand uh, this concept of submission. Yesterday, I was at a meeting, 
and I was sitting next to a gentleman who asked me a question, and somehow we got on the topic that I was going to be preaching this morning. Uh, he was a believer, I believe, and uh, I told him submission, and he said, oh, oh, you're going to upset some people. I said, well, I'm only going to be presenting what God says, and actually, I gave him some examples of why submission is a good thing, and he said, oh, yeah, that's a good way to, to start the message. So here are some pictures to help us think rightly. First of all, um, I have grandchildren and, and children, and sometimes when you tell a child no, and it's for their good, okay, it's a loving no, they go, they get a pouty lip, they, they want to cry, because, well, they don't want to submit. Don't touch that. Oh, okay, I'll go touch that, right? Don't want to submit. Or let's say you're a parent of a teenager and you say, go straighten out your room, go clean your room. And the response sometimes is, well, maybe <laughs> later. Or you'll do kind of a half-baked job and expect praise for your half-baked job. That's not submission, right? But we do want that from the teens and the children. We want them to submit. It's a good thing. Well, I don't want to clean up my own room, okay? Um, just ask Cindy. So, so should shoppers submit? I would submit to you that shoppers should submit. In fact, if you go to the store and there's a line that says you line up here at Home Depot in order to get to a register, then submission means you get in the line. You don't bully past the line, get up to the guy that's trying to, or gal that's trying to direct you to a line and say, I'm next. That's not submission. And in fact, if, if the line says credit only, no cash, then submission means I do that. And if you see people that don't do those things, you think, how come you're not submitting? I'm submitting. You should submit too. So shoppers should submit. Should pilots submit? When we flew to Hawaii with one of our granddaughters, um, I'm glad that there are rules for taking off, for flying, for landing. I'm glad that there's somebody in the tower that tells the pilot, this is the runway I want you on, you can't leave yet. Some other plane's coming in, it's not going to be good if you leave. Stay on the ground, I'll tell you when you can leave. I'm glad the pilot submits. There are instruction manuals for flying the plane. I'm glad the pilot submits to those instructions. Submissions is a good thing. In fact, I wouldn't want to fly with a pilot who says, Nyeh, I think I'll do what I want to do. That would not be a very good flight to be on. How about if you go to a restaurant? This, this cook, obviously, is violating all kinds of rules about hygiene. How many of you would like to go, by a show of hands, how many of you would, how many of you would like to go to a restaurant where the cook does, totally disregards all food preparation rules. Nobody wants to go to that. You'd like submission. You know, there's rules about food preparation, and if you're gluten-free or you have some other food allergy, like a peanut allergy, you don't want that stuff mixed into your food. You want the rules to be followed. Submission is a good thing. How about, should patients submit? I had my annual physical, um, and I have some prescriptions. 
And my doctor prescribes things that he wants me to take. He thinks they're good for me. Um, thankfully, there's only really one right now uh, because in general, for a guy my age, I'm in reasonably good health. My blood pressure and all that stuff is good. But as I went in to the uh, Dean Clinic, I saw a sign that said, stand here until you're called. So I didn't walk up to the register or to the counter where the, the receptionists were and say, I'm Wayne, check me in. And I did not just wander back into the back where the examining rooms are. I submitted to the protocol of that area. And then as I was ushered back by, uh, I think she was a nurse, I'm not totally sure what her uh, qualifications are, but she clearly was in charge. And she told me, get on this platform. And she weighed me. And, and, and I did not like submitting to that because I didn't want to see the weight. And I, I, I wanted to suggest, isn't there a better scale? I don't want to submit to this weight. Give me a better scale. Um, it, and then she had me walk to another place and stand against the wall so she could see how high I was. I'm shrinking ever so little every time I go. Get a little shorter, getting old. I submitted. And then there's lots of examining rooms, and she said, that's the one you go into. And I did not say, no, no, I don't like that one. It's not big enough. I want to go in that one over there. I submitted. I submitted. I submitted. You, we like rules. We really do. We like some sort of control or guides in our lives. How about if you play sports? If you play baseball, basketball, football, soccer, volleyball, you name it. There are rules. And if you want to play, you play by the rules. You submit to the rules. You submit to the referee. You submit to the umpire. Hopefully, you submit to the coach. You submit, you submit, you submit. Otherwise, you don't have a game. You have pandemonium. You don't really know who the winner is in any sport if you don't abide by the rules. You're getting the drift, right? We actually do like submission. And we have it built into just about every aspect of life. In fact, students should submit. You know when the best learning happens? When you submit to what the teacher tells you. I had a drafting back in the day before you could draft on a computer. In fact, I don't even know there were computers that you could draft on when I was in high school. Mr. Pribenow said, this is the pencil you use for this type of line on the drafting paper. And you use this number two pencil for this, this number one pencil for this, this number five pencil, whatever the pencil leads were. They were different hardnesses. And if I turned it in having used the wrong leads, Mr. Pribonel would look at it and say, rejected. Because I didn't submit. You learn best from a teacher when you submit to the teacher. So then the question is, well, should disciples should submit? And of course, the answer is, we're not sure. Are we sure, Rob? Yeah. We're sure. We should submit. And in fact, the scripture, scriptures are packed with scriptural principles about submission. Let me just give you a couple of them. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Let me, 
Let me step on your toes, and I don't do this to be cruel. I don't do this to be mean. But, but let me step on your toes. We have an adult discipleship hour. The elders would desire for you to participate in that hour. That would be in our encouragement to you. Now, I realize not everybody can. I get that. So I'm not suggesting if you've got health or schedule things that prevent you from doing that. I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you. But I'm just saying that our heart's desire, Rob and Pastor and my, my desire, is not that you just come to fill the, the chair, but to grow in Christ, to encourage one another. So, yeah, maybe I stepped on a few toes. My apologies. I'm just trying to encourage Please take it that way. Here's a reminder for those who claim to believe in Jesus. Whoever believes in the Son, this is John 3.36, has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So there's, there's this understanding in John's Gospel that we must trust in the finished work of Christ. But the evidence of that is actually submission. It's submission to what Christ told us to do, to his commands. They're inseparable. That's, that's the main theme of the book of James, that you can't separate those two. And then finally, here's a, uh, a word for the children. Actually, it applies to all of us. Do you know what, what, what the real problem in the Garden of Eden was? Well, there's the pride problem. Um, there's believing lies problem. But here's, here's one of the key problems in, in the Genesis account, God told Adam and Eve, you can eat from every tree in the garden. No limits. He didn't even say, you've got to maintain a sensible diet, eat a balanced diet of these fruits and these vegetables. There was none of that. It was just, you're free. Eat whatever. Except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree, because in the day that you eat from it, you will die. And guess who did not submit? Adam and Eve. They refused to submit. And now we uh, enjoy all the fruits of her, their lack of submission. So, today's message, and I'm going to turn the clicking over to the gentleman in the back. Today's message is that gospel freedom produces submissive servants. Jesus was known for his submission. In fact, his disciples thought he was to be king and repress and remove Rome from the picture. And Jesus repeatedly told them, I'm going to go to the cross I'm going to submit myself to an unjust court, an unjust process, a set of rulers that could care less about true justice. I'm going to submit to all of that because I am the lamb who has come to be your perfect sacrifice. I'm submitting. Jesus is our example. So Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, Jesus is saying, be a submissive disciple. 
regardless of the pain that's associated with it. And in fact, our passage this morning says that too. It says it's, you know, we've, we're going to have some unjust people. Uh, we're going to have people who do evil and who seem to be out of control. And the instruction is submit because there's a higher authority. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. There are four main thoughts in this morning's message. The first is what submission is not. In order for us to rightly understand submission, we probably need to make sure we understand what it is not. Secondly, what is submission? Thirdly, where does submission begin? And finally, because there are benefits, what are the benefits of submission? So first of all, what submission is not. Submission is not something you demand. Now, you might rightfully be able to demand it. You might rightfully be able to say, uh, you must submit to me, so to a child or to a grandchild. But that's really not the best option. The best option as a father, a mother, a grandmother, grandfather, an aunt, an uncle, and a wanna leader is to model submission. Teach by life. That's what Jesus did. He taught the disciples by modeling submission. Do you know what he did at the Last Supper when all the feet were dirty? He washed feet. Whose job was that? That's the job of the lowest servant of the house. Jesus was submissive in caring for and loving the disciples. So it's not something to demand. It's not blind loyalty. That's not helpful submission. So there are times when an immediate authority may be asking you to rebel against a higher authority. The higher authority is always going to trump the lower authority. That's why in the book of Acts, when the apostles were instructed, don't preach this Jesus anymore, the apostles said, okay. No, they didn't say that. They said, we ought to obey God. He's the higher authority. This is a matter of God's authority, not yours. You don't have control over this. We're going to go to the higher authority. It's not unthinking obedience. You don't just do things without some thought. You need to be mindful of your conscience. We've had some instruction about that. We need to be mindful of God's laws. In order to know whether or not I can obey the mayor of Fitchburg, you know, and I'm probably not going to have a direct command from the mayor of Fitchburg, but let's say... I was interacting with uh, her. Um, she's the third lady mayor we've had in the history of Fitchburg. Pretty cool. Um, not that I necessarily agree with her, so if you check out who she is, you know, don't, don't think I'm praising her too much. Nevertheless, if I was in a meeting with the mayor of Fitchburg and she said, Wayne, would you go get me a drink of water? You know what the proper response is? Go get the mayor a drink of water. Okay. Uh, that's just thinking obedience. And submission is not doing stuff with a hard heart. Submission on the outside with rebellion on the inside is not submission. It's just rebellion. And you just make it pretty for those that are watching. That's not submission. In fact, God does not accept outward compliance and inward rebellion. So those are the things that submission is not. We're going to spend a little bit more time on what is submission, and we're going to do it from this morning's text. 
Ultimately, submission is obedience. And obedience is something that we should define, and I've defined this multiple times in teaching situations here, because it's a helpful reminder to me about what my obedience to the Father should look like. So here it is. It has four parts. It is doing exactly what you are told to do. Exactly. Obedience that's kind of like doing mostly what you were told to do is not obedience. Number two, obedience is doing what you are told when you are told to do it. Go clean your room now. If I wait three hours and then go clean my room, I have not obeyed. Now, you would, you know, you might say, well, at least you finally obeyed. Well, yes, in a sense, that's true. But it's not true obedience. You're supposed to do it with the right heart attitude. So obedience without the right heart attitude really isn't obedience. You're just rebelling, and you don't want others to know it. And finally, true obedience is done because you love and respect the one with authority. And Jesus makes that very clear for us that we are to love our enemies. And sometimes the people in charge are actually enemies. But God says, respond with respect. Be subject to those authorities. So, let's unpack what Paul says to the believers what submission is. Number one, it is God's will. In verse 15, look at it. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. In other words, by obeying the authority and doing what the authority is instructing about the speed limit, about filing your income taxes, whatever it is, that's God's will that you submit. Number two, it's entrusting. In verse 19 it says, For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Jesus suffered unjustly, but he was mindful of the Father when he suffered. When he was reviled, verse 23, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But notice this, he continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. In other words, submission recognizes there is a king of kings on the throne, and he's sovereign. And nothing is happening that he doesn't know about and is in control of. Now, we may not like it, but... Oftentimes, suffering is for our good. It's for our benefit. And so we need to recognize that sometimes, you know, if we lose our freedoms in this country, um, God is at work. Uh, It's His will. So we should be recognizing that submission is in trusting or trusting God. Number three, it's our calling. It says in verse 21, our purpose is this, for you For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. He, in verse 24, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. We have been called to submit because our our Savior submitted. And He's called us to follow Him, to take up our cross. It is our calling. Number four. It's respectful. Submission is respectful. Um, 
this, this passage says a number of things along that line. Honor everyone. Okay, so now everyone is deserving of honor. Why? Because everyone is created in the image of God. God says, every person I have created bears my image. Don't destroy or harm that image in any way. Love the brotherhood. Um, that requires some submission to love the brotherhood. Fear God. That requires submission. Honor the emperor. That includes elected officials we don't agree with. Now, you may not like that. You may think, well, now you're treading. I don't, I don't, I don't care if you're independent, Green Party, Republican Party, Democratic Party, right wing, left wing, middle of the bird, wherever you are, we are to honor those that God has put in places of authority. If I stepped on your toes again, just telling you what God says. Servants, verse 18, be subject to your masters with all respect not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. So, true submission is being respectful of the role. I didn't always agree with the commander, the captain of the ship, okay? But I always obeyed the captain of the ship. To do otherwise is like, that's asking for big-time trouble, okay? You never disobey the captain of the ship in the Navy, and part of it wasn't necessarily because I particularly liked him or necessarily agreed with everything that he said. He never told me to do something unethical, illegal, immoral. But he was just annoying to me. Okay? But he had symbols on his uniform that said, that person deserves respect and honor. Obey him. Like it or not. Number five, what is submission? It's imaging, image-bearing. For this, verse 21, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered, that is submitted for you, leaving you an example so that you will follow in his steps. So this is the ultimate submission. Being like Jesus is the ultimate submission. 1 Corinthians 1.18 reminds us, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. The, the power of God was manifested by Christ's submission. The power of his death and his resurrection was the result of submission. Our salvation is the result of his perfect submission. And who was he submitting to? Not to Pilate. Well, yes, he was. He was respecting the office. But he told Pilate, and we're going to get to this in just a bit, he said, you wouldn't have any authority except for my Father would give it to you. Jesus knew he was submitting to the Father. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about submission. Costly submission. And finally, submission is loving. This is manifested in loving other sinners. Honor everyone. Everyone else is a sinner. Love the brotherhood. 
Some of my brothers and sisters in Christ are sinners. No, wait a second. They all are. Fear God, honor the emperor. He himself bore our sins. Why? Because of love. For God so loved. That's why he submitted. Because he loved. He cared deeply for you and for me. So children and teens, God was mindful of you when he gave you his, your parents. God was not just, you know, figuring, well, okay, uh, let's, let's, give, let's give Charlie, Henry, and George to uh, Beth and Jason. That, that was a conscious choice by God. That was a purposeful choice by God. So, we are, as children, we need to learn submission. We need to learn the basics of submission in our homes. And whether or not you like all of your parents' rules is pretty much immaterial. Now, you will still always answer to the higher authority of God, but I've met very few parents, there, there are certainly some, who have given their children commands that are against the higher command. I get that. But the vast majority of parents don't do that. Okay, at least not most of the time, hopefully. Point number three, where does submission begin? This is important. James gives us some guidance in James chapter 4, verse 7. He says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So the starting point for all submission, and it started back in the garden with Adam and Eve, there were no other authorities. Okay? God was the only authority. And the authority said, don't take from that tree. And so all of what's written in this book is for our good. And if he says, thou shalt not, it's for our good. And if he says, thou shalt, that is for our good. And it is also for his glory. So it starts with being submissive to God and what he has told us in his word. Number two, if you submit in one place, there are other places you should resist. So good submission says, I will comply with this, but good submission also says, I'm going to resist this. And here's what James says as that verse continues in James chapter 4. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I can't see the devil. I've never seen the devil. I hope I never see the devil. Um, actually, if we did, we'd probably like him. He's, he's an angel of light. He would dress himself up really nice, and he would look like a good guy. He would look like he's got our best interest in mind, when, quite the contrary, he has death in mind. He has your worst interest in mind. So if I can't see him, what, does, what am I supposed to be resisting? Well, I'm supposed to resist compromise regarding traffic regulations. Now, for each of us, that's different. Some of us think 65 means 65. Some of us think that's the recommended maximum speed limit. But we, we all know, I mean, it's... it's it's pretty much common knowledge. You can go five to seven miles over the speed limit and not get pulled over. So you have to decide in your own conscience what submission looks like. I'm not going to tell you that 66 is evil, um, but 
Be careful about compromise. Um, it's wrong heart attitudes. Not resisting the devil means I've got a bad attitude. Did you have any bad attitudes? If you had any bad attitudes this week, would you be so brave as to raise your hand? Oh, look at us. Yep. I- I'm with you. I had, mul- I had multiple bad. I had some yesterday. Bad attitudes. Satan said, you, you have been violated. You, you deserve justice. Why don't you take some justice into your own hands? That's Satan. It's delayed obedience. It's partial obedience. It's pleasing others rather than pleasing God. Those are all things where we need to resist the devil's lies. Uh, let me give you an example from the Old Testament. God had given, through Samuel, specific instructions to Saul. When you destroy these people, destroy everything. Men, women, children, all of the animals, they're all to die. 1 Samuel chapter 15, we see what happened. Um, Samuel came out to meet Saul, and Saul said, Look, I have carried out the Lord's instructions. I submitted. Look at me. I'm a good king. I submitted. And Samuel said, If you obeyed God completely, I think I hear some sheep bleeding. What's the meaning of that? Oh, and I... I see King Agag is still alive. You did not obey. So, we need to be very careful about how we think about God's commands. They're for our good. Romans 8, verses 6 through 8 say, For the mind that, or to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. So if my mind is set on the flesh, I will not submit to God's law. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So submission is actually an act that pleases God. He sees submission as a proper response as our Father. He has made you for his glory and desires what is good for you. And in Romans 13, 1, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. That should color our prayer life and our, the way we speak about our leaders. It, it really saddens me when I hear snarky comments about political leaders. It's not appropriate for a believer. It does not align with what this passage says in honoring the emperor. The emperor was a bad guy. He was a terrible guy. And yet God says, if you understand who I am, if you're mindful of me, if you're entrusting yourself to me, honor the emperor. 
And that means you don't say nasty things about him. Do you see any place in the scriptures where Jesus says mean, spiteful, unloving things about the leaders? He points out their faults, but he doesn't say evil, unhappy things to them. And in fact, when he was dying on the cross, some of the people who were participating in the crucifixion were people who would later respond to the gospel. His submission to their cruel acts led to their salvation. That's good news. Now I want you to see our example, Jesus, just a little more clearly. And if you turn to John chapter 19, uh, verses 10 through 12, in addition to washing feet, Jesus gave us some incredible insights into the way he was thinking as he approached the cross. It says in that passage, Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? You're under my submissive power, he's telling Jesus, <laughs> realizing that if Jesus was not submissive to the Father, Pilate is toast, literally and figuratively. Jesus answered him, you would have what kind of authority? No authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. And notice Pilate's concern now. He understands the levels of authority. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. In other words, they're telling, <laughs> these guys are just a, a piece of work. They're telling Pilate, you're under authority. You need to submit to Caesar. Caesar doesn't want another king around. Submit to Caesar. We're going to tell on you if you don't submit to Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. We need to remember that uh, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, there were a lot of people that God put in power that we don't like. I mean, I just, if I went through just about any book in the Old Testament, <laughs> I could find examples of people where I think, why was that person put into a place of authority? They're just awful. They're worse than awful. God has a plan. Now, quickly, let's do the benefits of submission. Notice, first of all, that it's for the Lord's sake. This benefits the Lord. Submission benefits the Lord by directing the glory to Him for all of the results. When we submit and good things come out of that, ultimately, God gets the glory. It's not because we're so special or great. God gets the glory. It silences fools. We live in a land of a multitude of fools. Believers need to be shining lights. They need to be salt in a place that needs to be, uh, have savor to it. 
God's will is that by doing good, you should put the, to silence the ignorance of foolish people. In other words, proclaim truth by being submissive. People should say, why are you putting up with that? And you can say, because I'm a follower of Jesus, and I submit and I obey those rules even if I think they're kind of goofy. And God should get the glory. This passage also says twice that it's a gracious thing. One of the benefits of submission is that it's a beautiful thing in the eyes of God. God sees submission. He saw the submission of his son, and he looked at his son and said, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. He lowered himself below the angels. He took the form of a servant, and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And he prayed to the Father, and he said, Not my will, but your will be done. That's submission. It displays trust. Jesus, when he was reviled, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but he continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. One of the benefits of submission is it shows we actually do trust God. When things are bad, when the pastor in India got arrested for preaching truth, um, he could exhibit a trust in his God during that trial. I don't know where that stands, by the way, but we need to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in India. And notice how this passage, this section ends. For you were straying like sheep. You were not submitting to the shepherd. Okay? but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Submitting to the shepherd is a good thing. Submitting to the one who oversees your soul, that's a good thing. That's a benefit. There's a changed life. In fact, if you look, and I'm not going to take the time to read it here, but if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, most of them have to do with submission. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have the fruit of the Spirit, and most of them are the result of submission. So the main idea this morning has been gospel freedom produces submissive servants. Let me give you just a couple of concluding ideas. First of all, worship is submission. It's saying he is worthy of worship. I am the worshiper. That's submission. It's recognizing he is worthy. Baptism is submission. Jesus said, go make disciples, baptizing them. Being baptized is submission. Don't have to like it. It's just, that's submission. Church membership is submission. When we join together, when we covenant together, we submit to one another out of love. That's a good thing. There actually is no discipleship without submission. Let me say that again. There is no discipleship without submission. It is impossible to be a disciple of Jesus without submitting to the Master. 